What was that? <laughs> we got gremlins again. They left us for some time, but uh, yesterday's show got weirded out a little bit, weirded me out, and then now this. <laughs> anyway, hi, nice to be here. It's uh, Tuesday. It's August 21st. It's like old times when things start uh, going south technically, isn't it? Because uh, we've had a good run. I hope we continue it. Anyway. It's Tuesday. That means Susan's joining us, I hope. Susan, are you there? Sure I am. I'm oh. going to sit here quiet. <laughs> Wait. Yesterday we went off air for about 15 minutes and um, had to reboot and come back in. And, I, you know, I don't know. You know remember the old days when, I, you know, you were knocked off every two, right. two times you were on and and if it wasn't that, it was something else. There was a buzz. You right, couldn't hear. Right, and I finally just, I uh, would hang up on you several times. Uh, so, anyway, did you hear the beginning? Did you hear the beginning of the show? It sounded like we were underwater or something. And no, it, wasn't the it right. didn't sound like you were under, no. It sounded regular? But there wasn't a Yesterday or right now? Right now. It sounded regular to me. How odd. Okay, never mind. Whatever. Okay, let's just <coughs> keep going. But it might, it might sound differently to me. That is correct. Okay, let's just jump right in here. Um, I have a quote from for you. Uh, the the quote of the weekend was uh, Rudy Giuliani's, of of course. Yeah, truth isn't truth. Isn't that just amazing? I mean, could can you imagine being able to utter that? I mean, well, it's uh, no. I mean, it 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 brings me back to I don't know how many years was it ago? Maybe twenty years ago now, that uh, a woman that was running against me for school board, who was of course married to a, um, a marketing maven. Uh, but uh, she stated just, you know, clearly that uh, reality was perception. Oh, boy. And I said, no, there's actually something real. You can, you can play with perception all you want, but don't pretend like there isn't real. Well, uh, at the, but at, okay, so that's in St. Louis at this level, though. I mean, truth isn't truth. Truth I, should not be relative. Right. Okay, so I have um, another Rudy Giuliani quote here, just so you know that this is uh, not um, unusual. Listen to this and try, try to follow. Freedom is about authority. Freedom is about the willingness of every single human being to cede to lawful authority a great deal of discretion about what you do. <laughs> I mean, that's the exact opposite of freedom. Yeah, it is the exact opposite of freedom. What? And this guy was, man, he should have quit when he was ahead, like about 9-11, uh, 9-12. When he everybody's mayor? Yeah. Yeah, nine twelve. He should have hung it up and and you know and never uttered another that's word. That's it. Never gonna look better than this. Yeah. Oh, God. Jeez. Freedom is about the willingness of every single human being being able to cede to lawful authority a great deal of discretion about what you do. Yeah, and for and especially if that person who's the lawful authority is me, I'll be very free. <laughs> Jesus. God. Well, I, I yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it's bec it's become an art of the right to to totally twist everything on its head to to point at the opposite of that, of something and call it it when they are it to call truth not truth to that. I mean, this is simply. Well, we're yeah, we're beyond 1984. This is, I mean, it's Orwellian. Um, it's so Orwellian that, uh, but that these are, <coughs> you know, the president <coughs> and his attorney, and this is the United States. It's just, it, it really is um, a nightmare. 
Yeah. Well, speaking of twisting, that we are we are this we are flirting this close to the line of the end of our democracy, and and uh, you know, and I I sure feel like I'm hearing uh, you know fiddles in Washington. You mean like Nero-esque? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, here's Thank a little fact. Thank you for getting my rather obtuse reference. Here is, here is a, um, a factoid. I can't, God damn this thing, what is that? Sorry. It's where my foot naturally goes, and there's something on this tape. I'm, I'm straddling a leg. Oh, never mind. I'm uncomfortable, okay? <clears throat> a factoid I came upon today. every family dinner from the time that I was four. All right, well, <laughs> yeah. It's a human I condition. I always got the leg at the dining room. Really, did you? Yeah, you did. Yeah, always. Yeah. All right. That's what you get for being third. In, uh, here's a fact. All of the counties that Donald in, Donald Trump carried, um, you know, wait, 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 what am I trying to say here? Oh, county. I know, I know. Maybe I, you can think. I'm, I'm blaming the dog. I didn't sleep last night. Okay, so here, here. Counties, uh, counties with cracker barrels. I the the, the chain. Okay? Right. Counties yeah. of the United States with cracker barrels. Trump took 76% of counties yeah. with cracker barrels, which sounds about right. And he lost, well, that's not right. Let's just put, he took only 22% of counties with whole foods. Does that make sense? Well, so what are you in, are you are we going to interpret that educationally, classly, or um, you know, I mean, economically? All of I the plan. above, because this is a this this is a <laughs> yeah. piece written by a guy who's clearly into everything you just said. He's he's a statistician. He looks mm -hmm. at numbers, and um, and here is then another. What he's saying is, I mean, this idea that there are two countries now uh, and that um, they are really, I mean, we know it. The red and the blue do not in any way live in the same reality. I mean, in that regard, your, your competitor was uh, correct. I mean, perception seems to be reality. Uh, right, right, right. Okay, so uh, he's pointing out that... Um, while it seems pretty likely that the Democrats are going to take the House, um, because the House is the most representative body of the uh, of the two bodies, the Senate is not. Right, you can't quite drown out the people. Right. You cannot, because pretty much every congressperson is representing about the same number of people. Okay, in the Senate, for God's sake. You know, and I've railed about this. A, a state like, you know, name one of the big square states in the West. Wh one of those states. Idaho. Okay. Idaho has two senators. And each and of them. California. Yeah, and you can, yes. Imagine how many people one California senator represents. And imagine how many. I mean, there are states that have such little population that the entire state only has one member of the House of Representatives. But they hold huge power, that state with no people. They hold huge power in the Senate. And this is a big, big problem. Because those big square states with no people in them are red. So they get this disproportionate share of seats in the Senate. And so what we could likely have in, because there's many more Democrats up 
uh, in the Senate in this midterm than Republicans. We could see Democrats actually, even if there's a blue wave, we could still see Democrats lose Senate seats. So you would have a Democratic House that will be um, holding hearings that should be held um, and driving uh, the White House nuts, I'm sure, and passing legislation left and right, none of which will go anywhere in the Republican-held, even stronger-held Senate, which will be busily checking off every federal judge position they can, every nominee that the White House puts forward. So it is going to be the most totally blocked government that you can imagine, and I think this guy's got it right. That's good. It's not going to be, you know, the House could easily impeach uh, Trump. No, send Claire McCaskill some money for crying out. Okay, but there's no way, there's no way that um, the Senate will ever convict, unless, my God, I can't imagine what it would take for them uh, to convict. But listen to this, and it gets a little too wonky for me I, when they start talking about median and this and that, but you had said... So what does the Cracker Barrel and Whole Foods thing really mean? The median competitive, this is for this upcoming mid midterm, House District, okay, uh -oh. in 2016 gave Trump 49% of the vote. Now, that's interesting. So he doesn't prevail. He doesn't go over 50% with even the median house, uh, you know, house seat. And the median competitive house district has a population density of 407 people per square mile. Okay? He, and ranks above the national average in college uh, graduates and in income. So those are all the things that you were pointing out, right? So... Right. I'm just saying that in the when it comes to house seats, um, you have a population density of 407 people, right, per square mile, and higher. Right, so that's that's more urban than rural. Right, right, right. Now, the median competitive Senate seat, however, uh, in 2016 uh, gave. Trump 56%, and those places that gave him 56% have a population density, get this, of 88 people per square mile. 88 people per square mile, he prevails. And that's the Senate. And I, I, I know I'm not saying this right. And 407 people per square mile, he loses. So, unfortunately, also, the population density... So it's small town in rural America against... Uh, and it's also below, America. also, the places where there's 88 people per square mile. Uh, they fall below the national average in educational attainment and income. So, yes, it's socioeconomic, uh -huh. and it is educational, and it is, I don't, I, well, we're well, doomed. You know, we'll uh, just have to see, because what he's not, he's measuring what was, um, and he, he's not measuring, um, he's not measuring the, how much some of these people have, have changed. Um, I don't think all farmers are happy with him right now. I don't think all um, uh, working-class folk, um, high school grad, GED types, are happy with this guy. I don't. Well, uh, not if they're so black or I, Hispanic. I, really, I, think, I, think our big, I think what we need to do is convince people that their vote actually counts and we need them there. And if it means each of us getting out and you know, going door-to-door -door and saying, do you need a ride, let's get you to the polls... That's I, I you know that's what it takes. It takes good old hard work 
Yeah. Just got to get these people to the polls. I swear they're out there. All right. We so are not a nation of nincompoops. I'm just saying, though, that this... Even, and I think farmers and, the, and middle-class people are getting tired of being blamed for all this shit. <laughs> uh, well, I got to tell you. I mean, he says, and I don't even understand all this, but he says if every state and every district's election results in the midterms uh, come out to be a uniform eight-point swing in the Democrats' direction, eight-point swing in the Democrats' direction from 2016 results, he says Democrats would gain twice the number of House seats they need to take control. They will gain 44 House seats. But with the same, get this, with the same eight-point swing to Democrats, so this is the blue wave, the party would actually lose, Democrats would lose four Senate seats. Uh, well, we'll just have to see what happens. I hate numbers. I hate numbers, too. You know I do, and because that's why I wasn't able right. to. Because they aren't always right. Because they're just numbers. And people are people, and if, we've, if we haven't learned that in the last several elections, I don't know what we've learned. The numbers don't always, the numbers aren't always the truth. Yeah, what? Okay, all right. And I just want to say this, here's just one more number. A majority of the Senate, so what do we got? 51 senators now represent just 18% of the population. That's right. But it's wrong. It's not that is a crazy way to have a government. I agree. And we should go back to the popular, we should get rid of the electoral college. We should get rid of it so the founding we are, fathers we, weren't quite so brilliant. This ain't well, working. No. And, 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 and they, protect, they overprotected the minority and created a tyranny. It was the only way they could get the country. They, right. they had to promise them that they wouldn't be overrun by the city folk. So instead, you've got the city folk overrun. Well, basically gag-tied and put in the corner. By the rural, frightened rural people. I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, it's driving me nuts. Okay. No, it's more okay. that I'm, I'm, I... I think it's more that um, this uh, there's been a group of right-wing people out there for a very long time playing a very long game. And if they, you think that they didn't figure out that what they needed was to keep these, these states dependably Republican so that they could control the, the country with, with relatively few votes, because they clearly didn't have the majority of the people behind them. If I'm, I'm, I'm tired of underestimating the enemy. I think oh, someone's oh, been yeah. playing a very long game they for have. a very long time. They have. And boy, has it worked. Yeah, and we're still incapable or unwilling to do the same. Yeah. No, we think we're still, we're still playing cricket. And you know, I I don't have a I don't have an answer to that. I don't want to well, uh, you know I don't want to go losing. low when they go low. But I do want to start thinking a little strategic fuckingly. Well, Suze, that was a sorry. Good... That gets me mad. Yeah, it's okay. That's a good word. You could have tripped on that baby and you didn't. Let me try it. <laughs> strategic fuckingly. Okay, I did it too. That's pretty damn good. Let us go then, you and I. That's T.S. Yeah. Eliot. By the way, the judge in the in the uh, Manafort trial, every time I see his name, his name is T.S. Ellis. All I see is T.S. Yeah. Eliot. I think, fuck, T.S. Eliot is overseeing Manafort's trial. It's too unbelievable. And the president's attorney was Ty Cobb. What's going on? And nothing makes any sense to me anymore. No, the guy that sold me my latest car was Ty Cobb. He was Ty Cobb, too? God, he's yeah. everywhere. <laughs> Jeez. Who well, knew? actually, his, his name was probably Edward but Cobb, but everyone called him Ty. Ty, sure. And okay. being a car salesman, he put it to good use. Sure he did. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
I got to get to, uh, that's not what I was going to talk about. Oh, I'm very worried about the fact that the jury's out now for four, it is the fourth day. Yeah, what the hell are they thinking about? <laughs> <laughs> now, here's, there's two possibilities. They're going to hang themselves, which is beyond belief. Or two, they are extremely careful. And maybe we'll, you know. I think they're being very careful. Well, here's the thing. They got so many counts to look at, right? That maybe they'll get hung on a few. I mean, they can find them guilty of, you know, two thirds of the stuff, right? Am they I right about that? They could simply be taking their time, working their way through. through That's what I'm hoping. This is how long it takes. That's what I'm hoping. I w- it could though be there's one nincompoop in there. Boy, there's usually more than one. Jesus, <laughs> we're fucked. Okay, <laughs> strategically or otherwise. Okay. You have no idea what the jury is thinking. That's that's it. That's the truth. That's it, right. We won't know until they come back. Okay. So, Susan, we have to get to uh, the memo that Brett Kavanaugh, who is going to be on the Supreme Court of the United States, barring some, and I don't who know what. clearly secretly spends a lot of time watching pornography. <laughs> Well, I don't know about, no, I don't think he does. He's like one of these sort of like closed down, repressed types. Brett Kavanaugh was part of the, um, you know, uh, the, the star. Uh, the Clinton, yeah. Yeah, the Clinton uh, investigation, uh, impeachment. And he wrote a memo to Starr, tell, right the day before, they were going to interview, not interview, what's the word? They were going to depo- depose Depose. Uh, Clinton. And this memo, first of all, before I get to the questions he said they had to ask, it is There are so children in the room, please. That's okay, okay. Get the kids out of the room. But the, the questions, I mean, it, it's his tone. He... Sounds, if this were a woman writing this, you would say, well, maybe it was that time of month. He just sounds emotionally overwrought. He sounds almost hysterical. He does not sound like a Supreme Court justice. He sounds like somebody whose personal uh, feelings about Clinton have totally made him nuts and so he says things like listen i'm just here's what he writes to star ken star we're talking about the president has disgraced his office the legal system and the american people by having sex with a 22 year old intern okay i want to stop right there the president we have now has disgraced his office has disgraced the legal system and the American people by having sex with we don't know how many Playboy playmates, then paying them off, and then saying things like grab him by the and all of that. And think of how upset he is by the fact that Bill Clinton had sex with Monica Lewinsky and how quite willing he is to accept the nomination from this despicable president of the United States, Donald Trump. Don't you think that's a little odd? Where did his morals go? He also said this... Well, there's a Supreme Court chair at stake here. But that's what I'm... Where did his more All this outrage... And then he goes on to say yeah. to Starr about Clinton, he has lied to his aides. He has lied to the American people. He has tried to disgrace you, he says to Starr. And this office, with a sustained propaganda campaign that would make Nixon blush. If you were just to read that, who's he talking about? Well, it would sound like he's talking about current affairs. I agree. And this is the guy who Trump now wants because he's going to be a rubber stamp for this president, who apparently, whose behavior doesn't seem to bother him. Uh, here are some of the questions, Susan. Did you see these? Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. If Monica Lewinsky, he said, you've got to ask these questions. 
if Monica Lewinsky says that you inserted a cigar into her vagina while you were in the Oval Office area, would she be lying? If Monica Lewinsky says that on several occasions in the Oval Office area, you used your fingers to stimulate her vagina and bring her to orgasm, would she be lying? If Monica Lewinsky says she gave you oral sex on nine occasions in the Oval Office area, would she be lying? If Monica Lewinsky says that you ejaculated into her mouth on two occasions in the Oval Office area, would she be lying? If Monica Lewinsky says that on several occasions you had her give, you had her, give her oral sex, I think you got that right, made her stop and then ejaculated into the sink in the bathroom, would she be lying? And if Monica Lewinsky says that you masturbated into a trash can in your secretary's office, would she be lying, Mr. President? Stop and think about this. And this is the guy who's going to be on the Supreme Court. So beside himself about the president having an affair, which I do not condone, with this intern, and who, for whom I feel principally sorry, because, of course, of because course. it just keeps coming back, and it right, and, she this, and and her whole life, her whole life was changed. Well, our lives can be changed by stupid things we do, and uh, yeah, believe me. So, um, he he sounded like he was deranged almost. I'm not kidding you. By the fact that the president, and what about this president, who is, I mean, you can't, if we made a list of the questions we should ask this president, I, I think Kavanaugh uh, is, he's frightened. I mean, that would be, don't you think that would be a great question for some senator to ask him? What list of questions, you know, to read that list of questions and say, what list of questions would you have for our president? Well, he wouldn't answer. You know what these guys do. They don't answer. And he also, it, it is said that he regretted the m sending the memo almost the minute he did, that he had been working so hard, he was sleep-deprived, that blah, blah, blah. Well, fine and dandy. I just... He's going to be... You no know, damn memos, that's how they go. That's... Why, even in, you know, there's always been this thing that you put it in the desk drawer, you know. Either yeah, you let it, you, and, you and don't. send it in the morning. Right. Something like that. And on the Internet, you don't hit send, you know. That's you, right. Okay. I just want to mention quickly Scott Pruitt again. He's gone. But they're yeah. yeah, but Gee, the EPA. of call, wasn't it? Did you see that? So. Scott Pruitt, ladies and gentlemen, the former head of the Environmental Destruction Agency, excuse me, Protection Agency, uh, which is, believe me, continuing to destroy uh, every, everything they can uh, after his absence uh, from his leadership position. Um, he's the one who paid uh, $43,000 to have a phone booth installed in his office, something no other EPA secretary, or for that matter, any other cabinet secretary felt the need. You know, maybe you would think that if someone needed it, maybe like someone like, you know, uh, the Secretary of State. Defense. Or, yeah. <laughs> they could Secretary maybe need defense. one. I can maybe yeah, right. see, yeah, absolute security. You go into this totally Yeah, but they saw no need. But, you know, that, that wowie-zowie environment. I mean, that, at the time I was going, well, what the hell are you talking about? Other than who's bribing you for what? Right, exactly. Exactly. Or who you're shaking down for some, only used it once. some other freebie. Now it turns out that he only made one five-minute phone call from that $43,000 phone booth. <laughs> well, it did, the article did say that they did, that doesn't count how many he took in there. Who would call it? I mean, I, I don't think he, who would call that? I, I don't know. All right, fine. The people offering him lots and lots of money. Oh, my God. 
unbelievable. You know, kleptocracy. These guys are, yeah, they, they're just taking and everything they can. These are the very careful uh, people, the Republicans, who watch over our money and who don't believe in wasteful spending, you understand. Okay, so, uh, boy, the, uh, the Pittsburgh Diocese here is sure in the news. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I, it's, I, you know. Yeah. It's like you don't even want to read it. I, I find it unbearable. But uh, our former uh, bishop. Bishop. Um, well, we got two bishops. Worley. Is that his name? Whirl. This is Whirl. Whirl. Um, who was very well liked by everybody, by all accounts, uh, uh, decent, careful, calming, tending to liberal kind of Catholic prelate, um, which is why he got the D.C. job. And he's well liked there too, but I don't know if he's gonna. He, I don't know if he's not gonna go down because of this. I mean, he worked often. Um, he did a lot of the right stuff, but he didn't do it all the time. Um, so I feel ambivalent towards him. I because I think he is a good guy, but I think he's gonna go down. Um, and then our current bishop. Well, you know, I mean. It, I think that he was doing the best he could within a system that worked in a certain way and making judgments based on the system that right, was put in place by other bishops and by the right. church and, you know, and with certain priorities in mind. Right, but there's a lot um, of Catholics, Susan, right now who are just so sick and tired of this. They, they're well, that's the point. they're screaming for the heads. They want heads to roll. The right? point is that you can't ask, and this has been said many times, that you can't ask the bishops to then go in and clean themselves out. They're working. They, they, they can't. They, this is the system they imagined. Somebody's got to come in and clean them all out and start all over. And that's just the way it is. I don't understand how anybody would trust anybody. And I would suggest to take some real serious looking at the, you know, at the, at, at issues within the church, like celibacy. Yeah. Have uh, you noticed how so much of the stuff, I mean, the fact that this is a sex problem. Well, let's talk then about sex in the Catholic Church. And well, of course, no, actually, you get, if you talk, uh, yeah, they think it's a pervert problem, that these are just pervs. No, no, but no. That's, that's absolutely not paying any attention to the priests that, that uh, you know, have affairs with nuns, that abuse nuns, that, you know, get nuns' abortions. I mean, there's a whole group of women that came out with that sort of stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. The thing is, they are sexually deprived. So, And we know that men have a great sex drive. You cannot, I think most of them, cannot contain it. So the church has to go back to that and just say, this is absurd. You're just asking for it. You cannot repress, you can't repress it. They've got to let women, they've got to, it's all about sort of male sexual power shit. That's, it's exactly what it's about. And they're, and, and they're and willing to let the church go down because of, uh, No, and I, you know, and I, and I don't see, I was not, frankly, for the first time very, or not the first time, but a few times, not, very impressed with with Francis. I'm tired of all these people I am going. Too. Oh, I'm so sorry. I agree. Well, big big yeah. effing deal. You're sorry. Right. He didn't. It's not like Francis said. Here's what we're gonna do. He didn't say anything. Yeah. You're. And, I, and you know, part of the problem is is that Whirl is you know we very close to him. So you know he's. So this is the problem. Yeah. These guys are each other's families. Right. Exactly right. And Susan, there's a um, you know there's a high school here that um, was re uh, that Catholic. Yeah, defaced. It made the news. Oh, it did. 
Okay, oh, so yeah. it was defaced, and there's a um, just like our nun who who's the, who threw out that great first ball made the news. <laughs> Did you see that? No. <laughs> there was a, at the White White Sox game. This nun in a white habit, uh, black veil, gets up there and uh, stands on the stands on the mound, acknowledges the crowd throws the ball up on the air, pops it on her bicep, and rolls it down to her arm. <laughs> You're Winds up and throws a perfect strike. <laughs> You're kidding. Why? No. Is that why they had her do the it? Major, the major league proclaimed her, the plane proclaimed it the best, you know, first pitch ever. Ceremonial pitch league. ever. Well, well, why was she doing it? Because they knew she would do that, or was she being honored? I don't know how she got the honor in the first place. Well, but, it might be um, they just uh, wanted I her missed to... missed that part of the story, but I've just seen I've seen her do it so many times since. It's just, Jeez. the whole thing is hysterical. Oh, man, I haven't seen it, but that's wonderful. Okay, we have a caller. <laughs> we have a caller. Caller, go ahead, please. Hey, Lynn, it's Mike in D.C. Hi, Mike. I can barely yeah, you hear got you. It. you. You got him now. Hi, Mike. Hi. Um, so my point of contention is with that the, the sexual abuse case has something to do with sex. It does not. Sexual predators, it is not about sex. It's about abuse. And they're using sex as a way to abuse children. It's not about sex. But they're using sex because they are sexually repressed. Yeah, no, they are when using, it comes to the pre- when it comes children, to priests. Period. Okay, but if they were beating children, would it be some other reason? No, because that's I think they are beating children. That's some of the accounts, uh, and 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 they just seem like uh, pervy sex. I'm sorry. I well, I understand I, what you're I, saying. I get what I get. What, I understand what you're I saying. I get what Mike. you're saying. But, but it, that's not all, all of it. I mean, there, there, there's plenty of um, adult um, relationships that are inappropriate as well. And you know, it's, it's not all kids. It's just a lot, of, uh, um, a lot of stuff that shouldn't be happening. And, and it is all power. It is all about power. Um, but some of it's also about sex. Don't you think some of it's mm-hmm. about sex? I think that's a dangerous road to go down to say that this is something about sex and that if the church changed and let them have sex in a consensual relationship, that these men who were attracted to the unfettered access to children would not continue to search that, go to that profession where they have unfettered um, access to children. It's about their access to children. And I'll tell you this as a former Catholic. If those priests were stealing money from the church, huh. not children's innocence, they'd <laughs> never touch another penny in the church. <laughs> right? They'd, have, they'd find some way that the priest or the um, pastor had nothing to do with the money. But because it's just little children and they're innocent, oh, pass them on to another parish. Or send them with a letter of recommendation to Disney World, which they Forget did. It with one guy no here right that was one net yeah i hate to tell you this but yes he left the priesthood but went and worked at disney world i can't read much about it because it makes me ill but um one of the things i did read was that they would give them crosses yes so that other molesters would know that this kid is applicable to be a molested that give them gifts of gold crosses so that other priests would know. I just got... This this has nothing to do with sex No, it's just despicable. I just got uh, an email from Barbara that says exactly that. She said, this morning when I drove by the rectory of the Catholic Church I attended as a child and I looked at the big cross hanging on the front of the building, all I could think of was marking the young children who who were an easy mark with a gift of a cross to hang around their neck. And if this was any other agency or group or volunteer place where that had this much um, 
accusations of pedophilia, they would be shut down, period. But because it's the church, they're allowed to decide who gets arrested and who doesn't. They're allowed to decide. It just isn't, oh, my God, it's so wrong, I can't stomach it. Okay, so you obviously think world should be gone. Anyone who protected someone from raping a child should be gone. Okay, or paid or them after the fact. The predator yeah. should right. be right. gone. Right. Okay, so Zubik should be gone to all of them because they uh, that was the all system. There'll be no they bishop left. Be because they all colluded. They can't. You can't claim. No one can claim they didn't know this was happening. You just can't. No, they did know, and in fact, they the, the report talks about how they they all only the bishop had a key to. They they all had. They all had this, you know, sealed away, who was who, who was getting paid what, to keep them quiet, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was a conspiracy to protect the church, not the children. Well, and you know, for e for every one of the one thousand, there's there's oh. probably five or six more. Well, I think that or I seven think that's more that didn't, obvious. You know, yeah. All right. Well, and in Jesus's name, the boots. And in Jesus. Oh, of course, name. it's always in Jesus's name. This isn't just you know, um, Coca-Cola uh, presidents molesting children. This is like in God's name they did this. Well, that's yes, what they should go. Every last one of them. And that's how they had so much. Protect the people who protected yeah. them. They had so much power because they they were like God to these children, right? They had the power of a we, right. God. We were told they were God, and as a parent, you couldn't have even protect my mother couldn't have even protected me if that were to happen to me, because that comes over the loudspeaker. Father so and so wants to see you in his office. You can't say to this teacher, "I can't go." My mother said, "I can't go there." You can't call. You couldn't call your mother. You didn't have a cell phone and say. Father so-and-so just called me to his office. you got to go. So there were principals and teachers, and they all knew or was suspected. And then they would go after the kids that didn't have a dad or the parents who worked too much. And, and then, oh, talk about collusion. Were you a Catholic? Yeah, I, was, I went to Catholic till the third grade. But, I mean, you're not a practicing Catholic. No. And this isn't the only reason. It's mostly the gay gay issue yeah. is that I'm not going to heaven under any circumstances. But these pedophiles are going. And they're buried on, sanc uh, on sacred ground. But if my family wants to bury me in a Catholic church, no, no, you can't. He's gay. Really? But these still? pedophiles? What, really? Still? Yeah. Still, unless I join the church and go to confession and say I'll never do it again. Oh, my. Okay. Well. And even if they would, I wouldn't do it because I wouldn't support them with my money. And that's probably what's going to make this change, is the Catholic's going to say, nope, no more money. Well, they're already saying, please yeah. don't do that. Yeah, they're already saying, please don't. You know, the you know our ability said, to... Don't, right. You know, don't, don't starve our charities because of what these people did. And I'm going, well, you know... What else are they supposed to do? What can they what do? Are, what else are they supposed to do? And did you, hear, did you know that the Catholic Church transferred money from parishes to sem Catholic cemeteries so that if they lost a lawsuit... They couldn't charge the parish or the diocese. Oh yeah, well I'm sure their <laughs> their attorneys told them to uh, quote impoverish unquote themselves. Um, Can you? I I just can't imagine anything more ugly than that. Well, I don't understand how one pair how the whole church is not responsible if one parish can't do it. Why the whole church is not responsible? I mean that's it's sitting on treasure. But it's the seeds. They're their own little country. 
Oh, boy. Oh, that's true. That's right. They're a country. We have, uh, okay, uh, we have another caller, so, um, Mike. Good riddance. <laughs> no, never. Because <laughs> I'm done talking about it. Never. Yeah, okay. Be gone. Have a better day. Yes. Be gone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Um, and hello, caller. Hi. Hi, Lynn. This is Josie. I I don't want to be the one that that caused him to say good riddance to you. My goodness. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyway, no, you're kidding. Um, I I just have a little story to tell. Um, uh, I I was I. I was raised in a Catholic family and um, went to, you know, the whole the whole nine yards. And um, I married a non-Catholic in a non in a not a Catholic church, and we got divorced. Uh-huh. And then I remarried, and my uh, my new husband was also divorced. So when we had children, we decided to raise them in the Catholic church since we were both had been raised Catholic. And we were told that we would, because we had been divorced, we could not um, participate in communion or anything like that. Right. Unless, and then our, our, young, our son um, had his first communion, and traditionally the parents go up and have communion with them, and we were not allowed. Um, and we were told this ahead of time. And then we were told, unless we paid a certain amount of money oh, and good. then they could they could annul our previous marriages and then we could be married in the Catholic Church and then we could have communion with our son. You know what? We we did it just because our son at that time wanted us. And we thought, okay, we'll do it. We paid the money. The Catholic Church closed its eyes to our previous marriages and we were allowed to participate in communion and that just that just wasn't it like selling wasn't it like part of what set off selling indulgences selling indulgences that's what set off martin luther or something i mean i don't know much theology but i mean so the church i mean that is how people get annulments and other stuff you pay Mm -hmm. cost money can I ask how much? And so we and so we were married <laughs> by our priest. Lynn wants to know how much. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't remember. It was in the hundreds of dollars. Okay. It was like maybe five hundred dollars. All right, but like it was. Oh, it was. Exactly. It was sizable, but small, it was, doable. It was a small shakedown, but a shakedown nonetheless. nonetheless. Yeah. Right. For for the little community that I live in here, it in was a lot Buffalo of money. County, right. Yeah. It was a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. um, so uh, so we were married by our priest. And so I just happened to look through the list of priests um, that uh, were that were accused of um, in the report, know, the list that yeah, was published. And sure enough, there was the priest that married us. Ah! And I, I mean, I, 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 we we stopped going to church shortly after that uh, after that incident where we had to pay the money. And I said, "There's no more of this. This is just." So the guy, the priest who, okay, the priest who shook you down was named in the report as one of the abusers. Correct. Yeah. It's just, it's, I, um. Wow. Wow. The whole, the whole politics of the Catholic Church is in the gutter. Okay. As far as I'm concerned. Well, thank you. I don't know. I'm sorry. No, I just wanted to thank you for a really wonderful personal spin on um, yeah, all I of this. Want, I want you to understand that I know you guys like um, Ben Bishop, now Cardinal, Cardinal World. Yes. Um, he was a slime bag as far as I was concerned. And he uh, he was just a slime bag. But that's my personal opinion. Okay. Thank well, you. I, Scott, you my pl- have a nice rest you of the day. T- now you be gone. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Oh my God! <laughs> well, you know, oh. I, I'm, I'm sure that she knows better than we that that he was a slime bag. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, but she's absolutely no... correct. He was a slime bag. Well, I speaking of all of this. Well, we have another caller. I'm never going to get to this. Okay, uh, caller, hello. Hey, Lynn. Hey. Hi. Hi. Hey, I just make it real quick. 
one old lady I used to work for years ago, she's probably passed away now, but she told me religion is man-made, written by a man, she said, because a woman is in God. And woman has very little power in religion, except for the Virgin Mary. <laughs> so that's, that's her explanation of it all. I know. Well, okay. Well, right. it, well it was it, definitely it, it, written by religion men. Religion is written by men for men, and you know right. that, because, or otherwise yep. God would be a woman. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. All right, okay. so we got that right. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. And, I mean, the way the men wrote it. All us girls know that. <laughs> and the way the men wrote the story, of course, it was a woman, Eve, who lost all humanity, the right. Garden of they Eden. They just couldn't. Right. They just right. They, it's Eve's fault, but they couldn't figure out how to how to not need Mary because not one of them could imagine going through childbirth. So that wasn't <laughs> going to happen. So, <laughs> so they had to put up with Mary, but then they sidelined her pretty quick. <laughs> oh my God! All right. Well, um, um, there is a piece in the I think it's the New York Times today. Um, and here I'll just I'll just read to you the um, the caption of a picture. I'm looking at two older women who are smiling, and one has her arm around the other, and and the caption of the picture is this: Mary Walsh left, and her wife Beverly Nance were denied admission to Friendship Village. Operated oh, yeah. by the a faith, yeah. uh, yep. Operated by a faith-based nonprofit group. So these two women were, yeah, wanted to ha be in a this retirement uh, community, and they put down their two thousand buck deposit. They put their house up for sale. They all of that, and um, and then they got the phone call. Uh, and it was that the term marriage, as used in our policy, means the union of one man and one woman, as marriage is understood in the Bible. Well, um, the ACLU has that case. And it's believed to be, I'm surprised about this, the first federal suit by a same-sex couple turned away from a retirement community. Can you imagine well, yeah, your call? They're going to have they're going to have trouble because they don't they only enforce they enforce that rule very selectively, as I understand. Oh, okay. It. So they're called. I mean, it's just the craziness. It reminded yeah, me of. So I mean, they might be allowing heterosexuals not married to cohabitate. Co yes. To co okay. Habitate, you know. They, yes. They, exactly. They just they just decided, and they also let these women, you know, go along for a while. Yes, it wasn't they did. Like, how do you do? Here's our money. No, you can't come. No. They they were they were brought in they were oh, sort well, very of very far along in the process right enough so that they put their house up for sale and had a deposit right. in. they thought it was right. and and the fact it's just that the fact that this place is called Friendship Village and yeah, of course yeah this is Friendship Village um, you know but not for you and uh, I, <laughs> what is with and this is the kind of freedom of religion, by the way, that the, uh, Jeff Sessions' uh, Justice Department believes in. The freedom of a place like this to tell these two women, you can't live here. That's right. Unbelievable. All right, Susan. It's freedom to inflict their, right. their you know, twisted version of Christianity on other people. Right. I got two that's more. What freedom of religion. That's right, and and right and and the latest that that Supreme Court case on the Baker sure didn't say no to that. It didn't quite say yes, but it looked like a yes. So, no, we're if if Kavanaugh ends up on the Supreme Court, that idea that freedom of religion means the ability of people uh, to not serve somebody who is gay or who is what? I mean what? What would your religion? They can do whatever they your want. Your religion can tell you anything. Their religious views, yeah. and they can make up whatever they re religion they want to say that. Yeah. So, um, Susan, this was in the science section of the New York Times today. In a new study of online dating, 
researchers examined the how many messages, you know, seeking opposite sex partners, uh, who got the most, you know, they, they wanted to check desirability. So who was clearly seen as desirable of all the 200,000 users that they looked at? And, uh, you know, who clearly was desirable? It, it appears from all the data that men's sexual desirability peaks at age 50. Women's... Okay. Yeah, what, 22? <laughs> Susan? Eight, yeah. 18. 18? I was too old. <laughs> oh, you... Disgusting excuses for humanity, you men. Women. 18, really? It says women starts high at 18 and falls from there. Why I'm not on a dating site at 67. <laughs> well, if you were 25, you would already be considered. I'd be, I would have aged out. You know what? Right. You know, really. Guys, we... It's a wonder you're... Well, obviously, if you're all the way up to 50, you clearly have a chance. What? Shame on women. Oh, my God. I just... I, I, I can't take much more. Okay, and there's one other story we got to quickly address. <laughs> I can't believe I was off by four years. <laughs> I know. I know. I didn't know what to say. Thought, oh, she thought she was being, like, held. Yeah. I thought that I gave you know I thought at least two men out there wanted to talk first. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus God in heaven. Okay. Oh well. Okay. All right. All right. And um reality so, check. <laughs> so, uh the uh, other story is um uh Asia Argento. Do you oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. Un-effing believable. Well, you know, I this is this thing that girls get raped and boys get lucky. I guess not. Well, uh, no, but I mean, imagine this woman standing up there and screaming rape while, when she... She at the time was... A, what, ...to a 17-year-old right. boy and obviously considers that he was lucky. Yeah, well, right. Imagine her. She gets up at what? At Cannes and gave this big, you know, yeah, that was we big know who you Cannes. are. We know who you are and blah, blah, blah. We're coming for every single last one of you. And here she is raping a 17-year-old boy who at the time, yeah, thought, wow, but very soon after felt so freaked he didn't out. Think, wow, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do. This is a guy, this is, you know, this is like a direct comparison to the Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, Harvey Weinstein or Weinstein thing, you know, where she talked about she grew up with him. She thought of him as Uncle Harvey. I mean, it was there's something so weird about, well, this, she has known this boy since he was six years old. They starred together in a movie when they were six, and they were just sort of friends off and on for years, and then... At 17, she decides to pluck him? Ugh. And she was, what, 40-something? Un yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But honestly, in her own head, clearly does not think that what she did was exactly was what she... What you know she... What I, mean? I know, because I know. I'm just, I'm so befuddled, baffled, stunned by it. And then some people think that this shows that the Me Too movement is full of shit. No, it isn't. No. This woman's full of shit. Yeah, this woman is full of shit, and she should go down right along with Harvey. Bang. They can sit in jail together. Down. I wonder if I wonder if finding that out is why Anthony Bourdain killed himself. You know, I, I'm. Jeez, we are sisters. Jeez, we are sisters. That's the first thing I thought. 
this she was Anthony Bourdain's something had happened between partner. them, and the timing is right. Yeah. Oh well, okay, kiss Susan, my sister. Um, that's it. No, oh, we talked. All right. Well, that was good. There was a lot to talk about. Okay. There was. Hey. Wish there weren't. Wish there weren't. Okay. Have a have a nice day and kiss the doggy. I will. I will. He's exhausting me. I will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, now you know how I felt for the first. I know. Years. I've been laughing about it. I've been thinking. That's why. I, 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 I believe me. Yes, it's exactly the same. <laughs> okay. Well, excuse me for saying this. In, in three years, you'll love them just fine. Right now, you're absolutely right. You totally fucked up your life. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, and see you all on Wednesday. Bye. <laughs>